Emma Mae Dinkins here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up? What's up? Incredible, loved, valued people. My name is Emma Mae Jenkins, and I'm so grateful and stoked that you are here joining me on the Have You Heard podcast, where today we are talking about humility, and I'm just so excited to go into the Word with you, and I know I've been encouraged in the Word that I'm going to get to talk about with y'all, and so I pray that y'all are encouraged as well. So friends, without further ado, faith comes by hearing, so grab your headphones and let's get into the Word. in Daniel chapter 4, starting in verse 4. So what's going on right now is there's this king, King Nebuchadnezzar. He is the king of Babylon. And right now, the people of the Lord are being held in captivity by the Babylonians. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he is like the king that has, he is very legit. He's basically got all the power, all of the status, all the fame, all the money that you could ever think on this earth. This king has it. And he has this dream. So starting in verse four is where we're going to pick up in Daniel chapter four. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. So I made a decree that all the wise men of Babylon should be brought before me, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers came in, and I told them the dream, but they could not make known to me its interpretation. At last, Daniel came in before me. Now, just side note, Daniel is a man of the Lord. He is a Jew. He is he has been a part of the kingdom of Babylon for a long time because a lot of the strong, healthy Jewish men were brought in to help out in the kingdom as God's people were held in captivity. So that is why Daniel is there. And throughout Daniel's time in captivity serving in this kingdom, Daniel has been made known to be a man of God, and he has been made known to be a man who is very good at interpreting dreams because the Lord gives him the wisdom and the insight to do so. So starting at verse 8, at last Daniel came in before me, he who was named Belshazzar, after the name of my God and in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And I told him the dream saying, oh, Belshazzar. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> you just got to say it confidently. Oh, Belshazzar, <laughs> chief of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too difficult for you. Tell me the visions of my dream that I saw and their interpretation. The vision of The visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven.' 
He proclaimed aloud and said, Thus chop down the tree and lop off its branches, strip off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth. Bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field, let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw, and you, O Belshazzar, or Daniel, tell me the interpretation. So, King Nebuchadnezzar, everything I just read to you was his dream. So King Nebuchadnezzar has just shared all this information with Daniel and like basically, dude, what does this mean? He says, tell me the interpretation because all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able for the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Starting in verse 19, then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was dismayed for a while, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. The tree you saw, which grew and became strong, so that its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which beasts of the field found shade, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens lived, it is you, O king who have grown and become strong. So what he's basically saying here is that this tree that was so strong and prosperous, literally it was shade for all the animals. It was a the home and its branches were the home for the birds where the birds would make their nests. It provided food for everybody. Like this tree was strong, prosperous, and plentiful. And it was a representation of King Nebuchadnezzar because as we mentioned earlier, he is legit. Like he has all the wealth, all the fame at the snap of his fingers. He has any command granted to him. Like this tree represented King Nebuchadnezzar. Continuing, your greatness has grown and reaches to the heaven and your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field and let him be wet with the dew of heaven and his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. So the second part of his dream was that this holy one basically comes into the scene and declares over the tree, like, your power is going to be stripped from you. Your prosperity is going to be stripped from you. Your provision for the animals and for all creation is going to be stripped from you. Basically, this is the interpretation. 
it is a high decree of the Most High. It is a high decree of the Lord, which has come upon my Lord, the King, that you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time shall pass over you, till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives it to whom he will." So what this is basically saying is that King Nebuchadnezzar, he has a lot of power and he knows he has a lot of power and he thinks it's because of how great he is that he has a lot of power. So he is filled with pride. He is very much aware of how awesome he is and he is no in no way, shape or form trying to hide it. And the Lord is basically saying, I am going to strip you of your status. I'm going to strip you of your fame. I'm going to strip you of your power. I'm going to strip you of your wealth until you are made aware and you are fully convinced and humbled in the reality that I am the Lord. I am the King of Kings. I am worthy of all praise. I am the holder of all wisdom, all power, all status. I am the Lord. And it is until you acknowledge me for who I am and you for who you are in my presence, that then I will regrant your power to you. Friends, there is such sweet freedom and joy when we are walking in the blessing that the Lord has entrusted to us, but we are aware that it isn't about us, but that the Lord blesses us so that we can go bless other people, that the Lord has entrusted it to us for the glory of his name and because he loves us. But when we walk with an attitude that it's because of us, it's because of our strength, it's because of how great we are and all that we were able to manage to get us to where we are, and we don't acknowledge the Lord, the credit at which he is due, we will miss out on the joy that the Lord promises whenever we humble ourselves before him. He promises, and we'll talk about this in a hot second, but the Lord promises that riches and honor and wealth and, and life come from humbling ourselves before the Lord. And yes, this may not necessarily be like literal riches as in money, but it may be rich joy and rich peace and rich quality of relationships that we find when we walk in humility. Continuing in verse 26, and as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you, Daniel says. He, Daniel tells him, break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed, that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. So Daniel's like, dude, listen, like, please take heed to what I'm telling you. Conti like, take away your attitude of pride and humble yourself before the Lord. And as the Lord asks, what does the Lord inquire of us? That we should seek justice, that we could, that we should love mercy and we should walk humbly with the Lord. And he's like, take heed to this, please, that so that your prosperity may be lengthened. And in verse 28, it says, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on a roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I notice all of the focus on himself in this statement, is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my power, by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty. Did you catch that, friends? 
the great Babylon which he has built by his power as a royal residence and for the glory of his majesty. Verse 31 says, While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men. So his dream is coming true because he didn't humble himself before the Lord. He didn't seek righteousness. He didn't go and do good to the oppressed. He didn't humble himself. The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know, until he knows that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will, that the Lord is in control, that the Lord is worthy of praise, that the Lord is sovereign, and he reigns, and he is worthy of all. All of the glory, he is the one to whom credit is due. Immediately the word was fulfilled. The dream basically came true against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men, just as the dream had said, and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers, and his nails were like birds' claws. So he was casted out of society for a long period of time. Verse 34, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, so he's writing this, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me and I blessed the most high and praised and honored him who lives forever. He, his, his reason came to him and he was made aware of, wow, I have the authority that I have and I have the position that I have, the power that I have. I can snap my fingers and a command be done before me in the, in the matter that it's done because the Lord has granted that to me, because the Lord is fulfilling the purpose of his word, because the Lord is faithful to do what he has a set out to accomplish because he has granted it to happen. It is not because of me, because of my status, because I've done enough to earn it. It is because the Lord is in control. He humbled himself before the Lord and was aware of where the glory was really due. He continues on to say, for his, the Lord's dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing and he does according to his will amongst the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? At this, at the same time, my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and in splendor returned to me. My counselors and my Lord sought me and I was established in my kingdom and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven for all his works are right and his ways are just and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. So now he still is aware that the Lord has granted me a kingdom. The Lord has granted me majesty and splendor. He has granted me counselors and and lords, and he has granted me a kingdom that is established and even more greatness. So 
the wealth and the ability and the authority has not shrunk, but it's actually grown. But the posture at which he views it, the means by which he navigates it, the way that he now uses and stewards this kingdom, this majesty, these counselors, is with a heart that is aware of where the glory is credited to. He's aware that the Lord is able to humble And the Lord is worthy of my praise. The Lord is worthy of a surrendering of my pride. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from one of our network supporters. Hey, today's episode is sponsored by our friends at Faithful Counseling. So... Let's get real for a second. Is there something interfering with your peace, robbing you of joy, preventing you from carrying God's yoke that is easy and his burden that is light that he intends for you to carry, he designed you to carry? Are you walking through something that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I know that for many of us, that can be anxiety, depression, fear, or even broken relationships that can be holding us back. But this is where Faithful Counseling comes in. Faithful Counseling is a worldwide counseling service that is making professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient so anyone and everyone can face life's challenges and can get help anytime, anywhere. Faithful Counseling offers four different ways to get connected to a licensed counselor. You can sit down for video calls, phone calls, live chats, or instant messaging. Every counselor on Faithful Counseling is licensed by their respective state board and has over 3,000 hours of experience. If you think that Faithful Counseling is for you, you can sign up today and be matched with your counselor in 24 hours or less. Faithful Counseling is helping us live our healthiest lives in the comfort and safety of our homes. Be sure to check out Faithful Counseling at faithfulcounseling.com slash MMA slash. Isn't that just incredible? I just finished reading through the book of Daniel and I just had humility on my heart. And, and when I was thinking through humility, I was thinking through this chapter and how humility is to bring low. But this is something that I wanted to also emphasize to y'all. Confidence. Confidence is to be bold, it is to be public, it is to be free, it is to be open, and I think that sometimes we get confused and we are convinced that humility and confidence are separate in the sense that they cannot coexist, that I can't be humble and and confident at the same time. I'm either confident and loud and bold and have great emphasis, or I'm humble and gentle and quiet. And we think that they can't be done simultaneously in the same person in the same time. And that's just not true because in fact, humility and confidence can go hand in hand because this is why to walk in confident humility is to walk in complete dependency on the Lord. It is to walk in acknowledgement of how great and able the Lord is. It is to walk in assurance that he is with you and fighting for you and has hemmed you in both behind and before confidence and humility go together because when I'm confident I'm not confident in my own strength. 
but I'm confident in the strength of the Lord and his presence in me and what he has entrusted to me and, and how he has gone before me and he is at my right hand. I am confident in who he has made me to be and in who he is and in what his word says. But because he is where my confidence is placed, that means that I am simultaneously walking in humility because my pride is brought low. I am made aware that what I'm being able to do right now, what I'm being able to step in right now, how I am being able to lead right now is not on my own strength, but it is by the power and the grace of the Lord. So do you see how I'm walking in humility because I'm aware that this isn't about me, but I'm walking confidently, openly, freely, and publicly because how greater of a place to have confidence than in the Lord. They go together. I want to speak some scripture over you in regard to this. James 4, 6 and 10 says that, But he, the Lord, gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Notice how sweet it is in the story of King Nebuchadnezzar that the Lord didn't uproot him. It says that he Whenever Nebuchadnezzar is referred to as a tree through through the dream, it doesn't say that he uproots him, but it says that he chops the tree and he gives him an opportunity to, to have his reason returned to him and to humble himself before the Lord. The Lord is so gracious and he is able to humble us and he is so gracious to give us that opportunity to turn around, to change our ways and to bring ourselves low in awareness of his glory. And so James continues, humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Notice that Nebuchadnezzar, like literally his greatness was added to him, scripture says, but it was after he humbled himself. My dad says this, and it's so encouraging to me that the Lord, he lifts you up so that you can lift him higher and he places you where he entrusts you with his name. And so when I humble myself before the Lord and the Lord exalts me, the Lord exalts me so that I can so that I can exalt him in places where my territory has been expanded. I can exalt him and it can be used to encourage the lives of people. It can be used to proclaim his goodness to to people all throughout the earth. It's for the glory of his name and for the power of of relationships being built for his his name to be made known. First Peter 5, 6 through 7 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Humble yourself before the Lord and in his perfect timing, he will lift you up. And whenever he lifts you up, whenever he adds greatness to you, whenever he places you in positions that you never knew you would be, whenever he expands your territory in areas and dimensions that you didn't even know possible, that you didn't even know was going to be a part of your life, cast those cares on him. When the nervousness and the fears and all of the th- different things that feelings that may come with that cast it on him, knowing that he cares for you. And if he placed you there, he will equip you to steward it well as you continue to humble yourself before him and seek his strength, seek his face. Proverbs 22, 4, as what we were referring to earlier, that the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor 
in life. This is really fun. So I I am in a class. I love my classes at Liberty. I, I just love it. My major is church ministry with a focus in women's leadership. And one of my classes that I'm getting to take is Christian leadership, but it's a focus on team dynamics. So team dynamics and Christian leadership. And we just read a book and wrote a paper on this book by Patrick Lencioni. I believe is how you say it from the book, An Ideal Team Player. And something that he says is he's talking about humility and what the opposite of humility looks like. And he talks about two different contrasts to humility. The first one, he talks about how it's very evident. Like if somebody's not humble, then it's like, oh, they're filled with they're filled with themselves. Like they are arrogant and they are seeking the attention of people. They're all about them and they're all about whether or not people are taking note of them, whether or not they're getting the praise. It's very evident that this person is cocky and arrogant and not humble. But the second type of false humility, the second type of, basically he said that the other type of person who's not walking in humility, it's not as evident because it may seem as though they are being humble. And this is the person who doesn't believe that they add any value to the team. This is the person who waters down the fact that they have talents. They don't speak up because they don't think they have anything good to say. They're filled with insecurity and they're filled with with a total lack of confidence. But sometimes whenever people, like, they they water down the fact that they have skills, they, they neglect the reality that they actually are valuable, that they actually bring a beautiful quality to this team. Sometimes whenever people, like, water down how good they may be at something, it may come across as humble. But what Patrick goes on to say in this book is that, no, that's actually not what humility is. And what's something that I'm going to quote him really quick. He says, what both of these types, the arrogance and the the false humility, he says, what both of these types have in common is insecurity. Insecurity makes some people project overconfidence and others discount their own talents. So the deep root is they don't know what the Lord says about them. This is what's so cool is whenever you know what the Lord says about you, it goes back to that humble confidence. It's like, wow, I am awesome because God made me awesome. And so then there's even more praise and adoration to the one who made you. But those who don't know how God made them and that they can do what they do because God granted that to them, and they think it's all because of them, there's this overprojection of confidence as, as Patrick talks about. But it's actually rooted in, in insecurity because, because they're not truly aware of, of who they are or why they can do what they're doing. It's actually because of the one who has given them that ability. Whereas the other type of person, they totally discount the fact that they have talents. They totally discount the fact that they have value and worth and beauty to bring forth to the team, to the family, to the table, to the marriage. They totally discount it. And that's not confident either because they're not aware of how awesome they are because of how the Lord made them. Rick Warren said it so well. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's like what Paul says in Philippians 2. Like, think 
like put the interests of others above your own and move forward and have relationships with other people with the mindset of Christ, who in humility, he, he brought himself to the lowest point being a humble servant and he became flesh in the form of a baby came and it says the word of God was made flesh and dwelt among us. He came and was fully God and fully man. And he walked in obedience to the Lord and was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so Paul, he's encouraging us to put the needs of others above ourselves and to love people as Christ has demonstrated to us where he gave himself up for us. And so to have humility is not to think less of ourselves because we are awesome. God made us his masterpiece. I love in Psalm 139, 14, where David says, I praise you. He says, he, he says this to the Lord. He says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Do you know that the works of the Lord are wonderful and that you are his work? Going back to the fact that humility and confidence go hand in hand. I remember one time when I was in like 10th grade and I really had it on my heart to speak at my youth group. There was an opportunity to share testimonies and I came home and I was talking about it with my family and I was like, you know, I'm just not really sure if I want to do this because what if it's just like trying to be an attention seeker and I just, I want to be humble. I want to be humble. And my mom noticed me bringing this word humble up in, in the conversation a lot and it was out of context. My mom was like, Emma, I, I'm going to challenge you. Every time you want to say the word humble, you have to say the word bold instead. Because you have a misunderstanding of the word humble. To be humble does not mean to shy away from opportunity. To be humble does not mean to not say yes to proclaiming the goodness of God. To, to be humble does not mean to be timid. To be humble does not mean to not approach a conversation with confidence. Like to be humble means to be aware of who you are and who God is. And that produces boldness. That produces confidence. The works of the Lord are wonderful. And I am his masterpiece. I am his work. I am made in his image. And that is a wonderful thing. And my soul knows it very well. He is worthy of all the praise. He is worthy of all the adoration. And I can walk in confidence of who he is and who he called me to be. And that produces humility. Fear of the Lord and awareness of who he is produces humility. So I invite you, friend, if if you notice that you're one out of those two people, if you're like King Nebuchadnezzar and you're not humble in the area of arrogance and just filled with pride, you think that it's all about you, it's all because of you, and it's all for you, I invite you to invite the Lord into that space. Ask the, ask the Lord to search your heart, to know you. To show you what can adjust, be adjusted in your life. I was reading this morning in 2 Timothy 3.16 where we're made known that all scripture is breathed by God. It has been made profitable for correcting, for teaching, for rebuking, for training in righteousness. So that the, so that the servant of the Lord may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Ask the Lord to show you where you need to be corrected. 
Ask the Lord to forgive you for your pride and ask the Lord to thoroughly equip you for the work that he's calling you to. And if you are the person who, who is totally not convinced of how awesome you are because the Lord made you that way and you shy away from opportunities that the Lord is asking you to step into and you shy away from opportunities to provide skill sets and talents and gifts to your team in a way that would benefit and bless and refresh because you don't even think you have anything to offer. I invite you to ask the Lord to show you the gifts he's given you to show you the unique ways that he's fashioned you, to show you how he specifically has fearfully and wonderfully made you and that your soul would know it full well. Because friends, confidence and humility go hand in hand and you are made to walk in them together. Together, I love y'all so much. And I pray that this podcast encourages you. I know that it encourages me. Like something I need to grow in is, is that false humility. Sometimes I will like, I will shy away from, from something or or I'll walk in timidity or I'll water down something that the Lord has actually strengthened me in. I won't operate out of it sometimes because of fear or because I don't want to draw attention to myself. And it's this confused perception because that's actually not what it's doing at all. When your heart posture is to bring glory to the Lord and you use what he's given you faithfully and wholeheartedly, you're, yeah, you may be, yeah, attention may be brought to you, but ultimately if people come and tell you how awesome you did, or people come and compliment you with praises galore, you can give credit to where credit is due and say, man, thank you. God is so good. He's so faithful. I'm so thankful he's used me to encourage you. Like like how Jesus said in Matthew 5, to let your light so shine before all people so that they may see your good works. They will bring attention to you. They will take note of what God has entrusted to you. They will take note of how you live differently because you're filled with the Spirit. But how awesome is it that the Lord continues on to say, like, he says, let your light so shine before all, before all men, so they may see your good works and what? Glorify your father who is in heaven. You are made to walk in boldness. The righteous are as bold as a lion and you are bold. Why? Because Jesus who knew no sin became sin. So you would become what? The righteousness of God. Through Jesus, through surrendering to Jesus and believing in him and repenting from sin, believing that Jesus came and lived the perfect life we could not live. He died the death on the cross that we deserve because of our sin, because of our pride. He was buried in a tomb and three days later, he rose from the grave, defeating sin, defeating death so that through him, the way, the truth, and the life, we may have access to the Father and be in relationship with Him forever. Through Jesus, we are made righteous. And what did we just say from Proverbs 28.1? The righteous, which is us who are children of God, are as bold as a lion. We were made to walk in boldness and we were made to walk in humility. And yes, they go together. Y'all, I love you so much and I'm proud of you and I'm excited about your life. 
I'm so thankful for who you are. I pray that you have just the most incredible rest of your week, and I'm so excited to talk to you all next week. (laughs) Be sure and rate and review and subscribe, download, share with your people. You know, all of those sweet things. Y'all are awesome. Bye, guys. blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.